Hey, Scott. Hi, Evan. Hey, we're glad you're listening to this episode of Backstage with the Simple Church. Before we get into our guest today, John we're and Max Ellis. We're literally going to get into them. We're going to do live surgery. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> That's a weird term. That's interesting. <laughs> live surgery. Jordan, our producer, is On here. The podcast. And we want to make sure you know this coming Sunday, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, or the Thursday, or Friday, mm, or even before. Saturday, before, you still have time to sign up for Splash, Splash Kingdom. Kingdom. The beach within reach. That's right. used to be Watertown. Watertown, USA. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan like that. Hey, the Splash yeah. Kingdom in, uh, is it Tyler, Texas? Yeah. yeah. We drove by there the other day. It it's rocking. It, it is nice. It's right off the interstate. It is for very sure. nice. Which, Splash Kingdom Shreveport, not as nice, but they're getting there. You're going to lose they're our sponsorship. Added, no, but they're adding some stuff. Make they really better. have gotten a little better. So go better. Try it out for free 90 free. For free. Free 90 free from free in a the clock. morning to free <laughs> by noon. 9.30 to noon. If yeah. you come in the park anytime before noon, you it's and your free family, for the whole your friends, your neighbors. Stinking day. That's right. So yeah. really, we want you but to you invite have to people. buy your own concessions. Drinks, yeah. snacks Drinks, on your own. snacks, food. But you get in the park for free. I think yes. it's about 25 to $30 a person. Yes, so which for families that have family of a lot of family, <laughs> it's kind of expensive. Family families. <laughs> family of families. Come but it family. is. We pay the same no matter what, how many people family. come. So if you want to invite your neighbors, people you work with, it's or a your great family, day. or your family, bring your dog <laughs> or family. They do have a dog day? The they very do. Last so the day. very last day they have dog day that way because they drain everything every September. Oh, yeah. They nice. have pet day at the park. That's yep. awesome. So yeah, don't like bring a, your dog this but it's time. It's like a weird day. It's like a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's they don't weird. want them dogs there. Overwhelmed, for sure. It's kind of gross. <laughs> but it's not gross if you want to come to Splash Kingdom this Sunday. And bring your family. June the 26th. And if you want to get family. baptized, if you're ready to take a step in your faith, if you've been on the fence about it, you're and not sure. And become part of the God's family. <laughs> That is true. He's on a roll. That's right. He's got in a. He's fired up now. He kind of rallied. But if we would love for you to come to be a part of that. Sign and up. Be on a part of our family. The Simple Church app. <laughs> Sign okay. up on our website. Go and check it out. If you're interested in getting baptized, we can get you some more information. Answer any questions you yes. might have. And it really is a great time. It's a special time. Obviously, baptism is important. And it also, you know, it's a great way for us to be able to do it in a different way, and also in a way that we can do a lot of people at once. And celebrate. Yeah, and celebrate. Celebrate Absolutely. as a family. <laughs> so family. A link in the show notes to this episode. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, The Simple Church, and get all of that great information on our website, yes. TV. Dot TV. Be a part of the family. Be a part of when you're family. here, you're, you're family. family. <laughs> now enjoy this episode with the Ellises. Because they're family. Uh, We're recording after lunch again, Scott. Uh, I'm fine now. Okay, good. I just wanted to do it because I like to do it differently each time. There you go. Welcome to the Backstage with the Civil Church podcast. I feel like I haven't been here in like six months. We just did one last week. Father's Day. We did. Oh, yeah. But I thought today's about Father's Day. Father's Day is coming past, Scott. Oh, now we're just talking to fathers. We're talking to a father-son combination Fasha. on the Backstage podcast. We are here with- A very important father. John and Max Ellis. General- John Ellis. That is correct. We were going to get into that. So, former John, commander, introduce yourself and United let United States Air Force. <laughs> you tell us about you and no, your I'm career. Gonna, no, I'm okay. Tell you have the him. full bio. <laughs> no, John, go ahead. Tell us who you are and what you do and what you used to do. All right. So, hey, everybody. Hey, hi. They're hi. listening nice somewhere in their car. They just waved back. That's right. Somebody just uh-huh. waved. I saw them go as they went by. <laughs> yeah, my name's uh, John Ellis. Uh, I'm the dad of Max. Uh, I retired uh, from the military uh, August, or I'm sorry, October 2019. Uh, I did uh, flew airplanes for about 35 years. 
And since then, I've been working in uh, business development for a company called Radiance Technologies. Uh, hopefully, people in town know us because we are the uh, title sponsor of the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Hey, hey. that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you have one of those jobs now where you can't tell us what you do? And I know I could tell you all about it. I just don't know what I do. And you'd have uh, to kill you. Yeah. Uh, so you are being humble. Let's talk about your rank when you retired, because I believe, no doubt, actually, you were the highest ranking person we've ever had on this podcast. True. Well, yeah, I mean, I retired as a, as a one-star general. but It's um, kind of a big deal. It yeah. is. But like you said, your wife says, it's only one star? Yeah, only one star? <laughs> <laughs> Just a one star. Very modest, very That's humble. Everybody has a family to keep them to keep them humble. Absolutely. Right? That's yeah. right. And speaking of your family, sitting right next to you is your other half, a simple church employee, other media half? intern. Other half. Well, I guess your son. He's not really the yeah. half. Yeah. Like a quarter. <laughs> but tell us who you are, Max, what you do, where you go to school. Uh, my name is Max. Uh, I am the son of the general. And uh, <laughs> I go to airline high school. I'm a senior at airline. From now on, just address yourself as son of the general. Son, son of, of the, the general. general. You don't only just go to airline. You are the student body president. Yes. yes. All kinds of distinguishment are in you here. Are are you a senior now? I am. He will start his senior year in August. Jordan and I are both airline alumnus. Jordan Scott over there asks have a me microphone. if I'm a senior once a week. Um, <laughs> Do I really? Yeah, since I've started I, working. I'm the second. Are you a senior? I'm, I'm old. I'm old. Senile. I am. Everybody listening to this podcast doesn't know Scott is actually 74 years old. <laughs> it's true. If you've never seen me. He's very youthful. Yes, very youthful. But we wanted to have you guys on today because it was Father's Day. We hope you had a great Father's Day, John. You're a father. I'm a father. Jordan is a father. Again, doesn't have a podcast today. Scott? I'm possibly a father. <laughs> we hope not. But getting we married? not. Wow. Isn't this a church podcast? <laughs> it's a safe place, John. Jeez. That's right. Nobody listens. Oh, that's not true. I looked up again the statistics. We had 170-something downloads last month in Germany. Thanks. They never, ever replied. They don't but they English. Don't, maybe no. not. Why would they download? They don't email me. I almost said text, but they don't have my phone number. I'll tell you phone no, number. You want me yeah, to give their sure. phone number? No. Okay. <laughs> but, like, we asked them. I implore them. Mm, mm. Big word. To write me. Say hello. That's they never right. do. So, using your connections, we our, our theory is it's Air Force families that are stationed in Germany that listen, but they won't feedback. We ask all the time, hey, if you listen in somewhere in another country, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. There you go. So, if you want to use like a database or pull rank or privilege and sure. see who's finding yeah. out those people for yeah. us, yeah. We'd I'll, I'll exercise undue command influence and improper uh, military protocols. I'll make everybody write you in. Excellent. Undue yeah. listen command to all that. protocol. He's got a lot of stuff that he's done through the years. I like that. Just a lot a to say. So, let's go back to you, John. Let's talk about your career. How did you get started, Air Force? something you always wanted to do? Were you inspired by something? You have family in the military. What got you started joining the Air Force? Being all that he could be. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I do. I come from a, a long uh, military uh, lineage, if you will. So my grandfather got his commission in 1917. Wow. Uh, he was in the cavalry. He was in, uh, he missed World War One, but he was in World War Two. He served continuously. And then my dad and both of his brothers were in the military. My dad, uh, uh, started in World War II, and then he was in Korea and Vietnam. Mm. Uh, I've got... Uh, so wait, your grandfather and and your dad were in World War II together? My grandfather and my dad and one of my dad's brothers were all at the same place at the same time oh, in wow. World War II. They were in uh, Nagoya, Japan. My grandfather was the commander. My uncle was a captain tank uh, commander, or not, he didn't command the tank, he was the the maintenance commander of the tank maintenance place. And my dad was a, a buck sergeant who was a, a general's driver or something. He ended up at the same place, same time. 
Huh. huh. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I That's have a cool. picture of it somewhere. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. So you have come from that family lineage and you decide you want to join up. Yeah. I, you know, when I was growing up, I was never going to be anything other than, and in my, you know, I didn't know anything about the Air Force, right? So I was just always going to be an Army man, right? Never, you know, I was never going to be an, uh, uh, a cowboy. I wasn't going to be a fireman. I was always going to be a, an army man. But all the army man pictures I would drew draw were airplanes. Huh. So uh, when I got you know when I got into high school, I was in ROTC in high school, uh, and then found out about the Air Force. And and that's a little bit of a funny story. So my oldest brother told me, and he was in the army in the seventies, uh, and that was not a good time to be in the army, especially yeah. in, <laughs> in Germany when you're looking <laughs> over the border at the at the Russians. Oh, that too. Um, but he so he told me one time he said, "All right, say so, hey, you're 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 pretty fit little kid, you know you can run pretty good. And when it comes time to run away, you'll run away real good. You know the, the <laughs> army when it comes time to you'll run away, you'll be good. But you know what? If you join the air force, you can run away at five hundred miles an hour. And I was sold. <laughs> that and was all you that's needed. That's all I, I went to the air force right away. That's so when my my dad got drafted for Vietnam, his uncle told him, "Do you like the mud, Don?" Do you like marching? My dad was like, no. He said, join the Navy before you get drafted. Yep. Yep. And that's what he did. Yep. There you go. The Vietnam War ended in 1975, Scott, with your smart aleck comments. Well, but it was pretty much done by 70. Anyway, so you join up the Air Force. We were done with it. Did you get to choose what you were doing? Did they put you somewhere? How did you decide? So I got an ROTC scholarship to go to college. Uh, and Where'd you uh, go? I went to Penn State. Penn State. Yep. Uh, And uh, I got a I got a when you get a scholarship, you get one of three or four different categories. You get a pilot's uh, slot, you get a navigator slot, or you get a, a technical slot or, a, or something else, right? So I got a navigator slot. So after I graduated from... What slot did you want? I wanted a pilot training slot, but uh, my eyes aren't good enough. So, uh, so they let me go to nav school, uh, and I, I went to nav school. I was a navigator for a couple of years, and then you can compete as a trained navigator. You can compete to go to pilot training. Uh, not very many people get selected, but um, I, like something like one percent of the of of pilots are former navigators. Hmm. So I got to wow. go to pilot training. So you did it. You yep. beat the odds. Yep. Uh, I was a B fifty two navigator. I went to pilot training. I love being a navigator. Um, even a B fifty two is is kind of rough on your body. But so I was I was comfortable knowing that if I didn't make it through pilot training, they'd just make me go back to being a navigator. So I took off all yeah. all the pressure. But I made it through. Uh, so I went back to B fifty twos. I flew those for a couple years, uh, and then I was a T-38 instructor pilot for a little while. Um, trying to remember what all I did. Did you like teaching? Was that something you'd wanted to do? Uh, w- well, I wanted to fly the T-38. It's a real f- looked like a fun airplane. It's kind of like a fighter. Turns out, though, teaching uh, was was the most probably the most rewarding of my assignments hmm. uh, because you can kind of see the progression of the student from essentially just a pedestrian to me and somebody who can go fly a supersonic fighter type aircraft. And it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I did that for a while. Do you think uh, I would have made it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're going to talk about your training yep. in a minute. Scott, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, so turns out, Scott, I can teach even a gas monkey to fly. So hey. 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 Yeah, he's, I'm yeah. wearing a gas monkey shirt. He's yeah, that. Nothing like a visual joke on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Bob and we. That's Bob right. So your instructor, T-38, you like flying that? Yeah, I did like flying that. Uh, and then uh, uh, let me see here what happened. I got uh, uh, I transitioned into the civilian sector for a couple of years. I didn't didn't enjoy that as oh, much. Oh, really? So, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I spent a couple of years as a civilian. 
I came back in and I was a, a T1 instructor pilot and a T1's a like a transport. We use that to train the transport pilots and it's a small six passenger business jet twin engine. It's, it, it looks, it's a, it's a Mitsubishi or a beach 400 business jet that we use to train heavier uh, pilots is what we call them. I did that for a while and I went, I flew uh, Global Hawks, which is a, a big uh, unmanned reconnaissance airplane. It's hmm. uh, when I say big, I mean, it's as big as a 737. Wow. And it flies for 60 hours or something like that. Oh what, is, what does that do? So it's a reconnaissance airplane. It takes pictures. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's as big as a 737? Yep, yep. So it's a, it's a big, giant glide body. Man. So it can fly. I don't think it can fly for 60 hours. It can fly for 30 or 40 hours. But it, it, flies, it flies very long and, and takes pictures. So uh, you're controlling it remotely. You're flying. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So I would sit in California wow. and fly the airplane in Afghanistan or Iraq. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that they got that big. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest one we have. Wow. Yeah. Huh. For those of you that don't know, 737 would be like a Southwest. Right. Huge. Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. 115 it's a or 20 feet uh, wingspan. So, like, how like zoomed in could you take pictures? Like uh, how so accurate? The, the airplane, well, the way I would uh, describe <laughs> it is, yeah, that's well, that's part of it. And and remember, my, my information is uh, tw- almost 20, 25 years old. Sure. So it's probably better now. But the way I would describe it back in the day was from 60,000 feet and 12 or 15 miles away. I, could, I couldn't tell what brand of cigarette you were smoking, but I could tell if you're smoking a cigarette or a cigar. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That is. And that was 20 years ago? Yeah. Yep. And Jeez. around that time, Max, you have Molly, you have kids. Right. Yep. You're going to parents. So, Max, well, don't you jump in here. What was it like growing up with an Air Force military dad? Do you have memories of going and doing stuff? Did you ever get to fly with him? What was it like being the kid of the Air Force guy? Well, so we didn't, it was not a normal uh, kind of Air Force kid experience because most people, you know, you hear about them moving around every two to three years. So my whole life, he was Air Force Reserves. So when I was about four months, we lived in Oklahoma and I was about four months old when we moved to California. And is that when you're flying the yeah, remote? Yes. Okay, yeah, yep. And so from California, I was about seven years old when we moved here. So I've only had really one big move that I've remembered in my life. Yeah. So it's a kind of different experience. Um, I don't ever remember flying with you at all. I mean, of course, he was flying the Global Hawks. So right. Not a, you can't go up in that one. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, most, you don't, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to fly in an Air Force airplane anyway. Right. When you're not, when you're just a kid or, or a person, right, a civilian. Sure. Um, but it was also kind of a different experience because he was a squadron commander in California. And we moved here and he was the bomb wing commander. So it was kind of um, going to events. And I never realized... Like I, I thought everybody's dad was the center of attention at an event that they went to. Um, so you know, yeah. events where he's on the stage or doing the something, right? Whatever the ceremony is, I was kind of just used to him being sort of in, in a spotlight. Yeah. Um, and I never really realized we talked about. I, I never realized that being a colonel or being a general was a big thing. Um, when we lived in California, we didn't live on base, so we didn't really live around military folks. Um, but when we moved here, we lived on base, and we lived. Everyone on our street was a colonel, and he was a colonel at the time. And then everyone on the street right next to us was a general officer. Um, and, like, our next-door neighbor was a two-star. The other neighbor was a three-star. So I never realized that what he did was ever anything big. I always kind of thought, that's everybody's dad. Yeah. Um, until So when I got into high school and I joined ROTC, and the instructors and the kids and everybody, it was a big deal that my dad was a general. Even though he was retiring, it was, like, a, a big deal. And I never understood that until I realized kind of what that means, the – 
the magnitude of, of being in for that long and doing that kind of thing. I didn't realize that. So it's kind of a different experience. Absolutely. So you were a colonel when you're doing the Nighthawk and then you get promoted to general. Talk about that, how that happened, what went down. So what were you can I, can I back up a oh, little sure. bit and, and talk about the life of, of a military kid and a sure. military family? Absolutely. Cause I can't pass up on opportunity like this. Do it. So, uh, cause I didn't do good. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Max. <laughs> Typical so father son. This is something we, we always talk about. Military folks always talk about this. So it is hard to be the the family of the military member. It's mm-hmm. hard work. Uh, for for your standard active duty person, right? Every the military member, the way I put it is the military member signs signs up willingly, joins willingly and, and knows exactly what they're getting into. The spouse typically knows what they're getting into, but or at least has a has an adult um, decision to be made, and they make a they make an overt decision to join that. They may not like it, but they they join it. And remember, the active duty folks they move every couple of years. Typically, two years is how long they, they yep. spend. My neighbor across the street just moved to Colorado Springs. Exactly. He was here three years, almost to the day. Exactly. But the kids, they're just straight up drafted. They have no idea what they're getting into. They don't have a choice, right? So, you know, they just come along, and they're just in the middle of it. So they get they get shuttled around, uh, hither and yon, um, sometimes yanked out in the middle of a school year, plopped down in the middle of a school year, sometimes in a different country. Uh, and so it's a very challenging life to, to tag along with the military member. Mm. Um, and th- I thought about this some, and... Max only moved once, essentially, right? But if you if you start tagging along with a reserve guy like me, it's almost harder to stay somewhere for seven years and then get uprooted because it takes a while to grow roots, right? Mm-hmm. But once you grow them, they're deep. So I I just I, I need I need I always need to say that 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 we all of the military members honor the sacrifice and understand the sacrifices that the families make because it's very, very difficult to, to do that, whether you're a kid or a spouse or, or any of that stuff. Oh, so. I'm glad you said that's great. Yeah, my grandfather, I remember when we had Nora, our first great-granddaughter, was talking to him about, how did you do this in the 60s, 70s and go and do this alone? And he did two tours in Vietnam and left the first time when my aunt was six months old and my dad was two. And I was like, I turned to my grandma. I was like, you did this all by yourself, dude. She's like, we all rallied together. Everybody right. just kind of pulled in, and they were all right. on base together, and they just figured it out. And and that's the thing. When you live on base, everybody has the same the same kind of history, right? Yeah. So you, you just kind of fold into a, an existing community. But if you plop down into the civilian community somewhere, it's totally different. Right. Right? So oh, like, yeah. like you're talking about your neighbor, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It, we were sad to see them go, and yeah. Addie, their daughter, was friends with my daughter, and she just turned six, and it's her first move that she remembers, and she was real upset and starting over and picking yep. schools. And yep. It is a lot. So, Max, you did a good job. He just wanted to brag on how good a job you did. Mm. You figured it out. All those other families That's that right. go through that is tough. You, you did. Yep. do that good. Absolutely. So what <laughs> made you decide to want to do ROTC? Were you like your dad where he was always wanting to be military and kind of do that and Play army man. Well, so when I was growing up, <laughs> play <there>. army. Man. <laughs> That's what he said. He won. He always played in that cowboys. That's right. That's right. So when I was growing up, there's pictures of me when I was like a, a little kid, like in California, where I would wear a flight suit everywhere. Nice. Um, and so when I was a young kid, was that like a custom one you had made, or he just stole like a really small other guy's? Yeah, we just flight got a little suit. One. Okay, <laughs> he just beat up a, some yeah. Yeah. gate guard. Give me your give me your <laughs> uniform. I think gate guards have flight suits. Okay, Scott. <laughs> He's the expert here. So. Uh, I'm not yeah. the expert. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but so 
when I was a, a younger kid, I would I really wanted to be a pilot. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go in the Air Force. But kind of as I, you know, middle school, going into high school, I really didn't think that I wasn't going to go in the military. I didn't know. Um, and so I joined ROTC like a lot of kids do um, to get out of PE, to do something more interesting. <laughs> Very just patriotic of um, <laughs> Because so PE in high school is a lot of just sitting around. Like right. I'll walk into the gym and they're just sitting on their phones. I was like, okay, well, I might as well do something. See, Jordan something played out. baseball, so he didn't have the experience. I actually took high school PE and I looked out because both years, my freshman, sophomore year, that was the first hour PE and they were building a weight room and I just literally they said go play basketball leave us alone we're working on the weight room I had the best PE that's experience nice. yeah, I didn't have PE in high school that's right I was I went to private school our uh, school wasn't uh, big enough to have PE I graduated so. with a class of six people they oh, didn't care you about your health <laughs> no, no, <laughs> really. no they just tried um, to get us out of the door yeah but so I kind of just joined, but then within that, pretty quickly, I enjoyed it a lot, um, and I think part of it was I felt like I was good at it because I grew up around the sort of culture that yeah. um, our ROTC is built around, and so having three instructors, and they're not teachers by trade, for 20 to 25 years, all three of them had been in the military, so this was a secondary thing for them, so their first instinct was to, you know, work in the way that the military does and I was used to that I was just around that whether it was the uniforms or the way things work the names that things you, you know all that and so I enjoyed it and I th I was pretty good at it I would say and I I rose through and was able to do a lot of leadership very quickly um, and I enjoyed that I enjoyed being a leader um, and I enjoyed getting that opportunity um, and through COVID was my end of my freshman year of high school and pretty much my sophomore year um, and because of that we lost a lot of kids who just kind of weren't doing Drifting. weren't involved they anymore didn't, they didn't pass away they just <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> they just through covid they got very lazy and they didn't want to do anything there you go they just um, missed the bus and ah, so they're just left somewhere. yeah when you say we lost a lot of kids <laughs> just wanted to clear that up uh, but lost. so through that we, we didn't have a lot of kids to be in our, our what we have a core staff right yeah. so that uh the kids who gets a student-led for the most part program and, and so we didn't have a lot of juniors and seniors to do that and so as a sophomore i was able to be on that staff and then now as a junior i've held two of the three highest positions that we have in the program and so I, it was just an opportunity for me to lead and i enjoyed that and that was kind of the so reason are I you stuck still around. in it now no <gasps> max oh how the turntables <laughs> oh well, the he turn missed the bus the and they just left him <laughs> he never got to go back yep. so you're one of the lost children yes now now senior year he's got other shifting yeah, it is. It's a huge yeah, commitment, uh, yeah. and I I see a lot of like when I my freshman year we had a lot of kids in it, and there were a lot of seniors. I see it now that the people aren't joining as much because, like I said, I think kids got lazy through COVID. But it's also it it is a lot of work um, being just in the classroom. You know, you just sit. It's just like any other class where you kind of just sit there and and the teacher talks, but then you have to wear the uncomfortable uniform on a Thursday so that's not attractive to kids um, and then once they get on the staff it's just a lot of work and you really don't have time for a lot of other stuff others and I'm involved in everything else I can do so I had to make a decision mm. either way I'm sorry I'm, their laws hurt yeah. ROTC yeah, I don't know why I said yeah. that. <laughs> I'm sorry on behalf I don't of know ROTC. why that's just my I guess my overarching he's living guilt. vicariously through yeah, your that's ROTC right. yeah. experience yeah we didn't now. have ROTC he's now, lost we didn't even have Scott art. did wear uncomfortable uniforms yes but they were not ROTC uniforms he's talking about when I was a Civil War actor John as a middle schooler uh, what I was <laughs> high school Civil War oh Civil War Civil and reenactor yes I was on the Union believe it or not so. <laughs> Hallelujah I mean yep. 77th <laughs> Illinois 
<laughs> They're a great picture. Remind <laughs> me, I'll show you later. Yeah. Middle school Scott. As a <laughs> anyway, I was I was in high school at that point. Uh, high school, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes it better. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, no, it <laughs> doesn't. I got a laugh out of yeah. Jordan no. off mic. <laughs> no, I, I was from fourteen to sixteen. Okay. Yeah. No, thirteen to sixteen. Yeah. Wow. That's middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen-year-old middle 13. school. Well, for eighth, you, maybe. eighth to ninth anyway. grade. Eighth to ninth grade. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I graduated eighth grade. Started reenacting at the end of eighth grade. So you do have a birthday, June birthday. Oh my God. He's trying <laughs> to tell me how I did my <laughs> life. <laughs> anyway, I have a question for you, John. Okay. Moving on from Evan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> did you always want to be a general, or did it just kind of happen? No. Um, so. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding conceited. Sure. So there's a, there's a very small number of, of general officers, <laughs> right? Right. Not very many people get to be general, and I'm 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 not. There's nothing remarkable about me. There's nothing that distinguishes me from anybody else you meet on the street. Uh, so I I never had any any overt intention of making. Uh, making general, like you didn't go in saying I'm gonna retire. No, a and and this there are folks who do that, right? Yeah. There are there are people who who are they have a, an overt intent and an expectation that they're gonna make general or you know and 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 we need those folks, right? And they're yeah. they're typically very uh, they're brilliant and they're exceptional at what they do and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I wasn't one of those guys, right? Um, uh, um, I grew up in a military family, kind of like him. When when I became aware of things. My dad was already a colonel, so I thought everybody was a colonel. My my expectation was that I would make colonel because everybody makes colonel, right? Well, and then, you know, I then I, um, I, I didn't even get promoted to major on active duty, right? So I got, uh, I, I, I actually got expelled from the military as a captain because I didn't get promoted. So I thought, huh. uh, I, so I kind of had to re, re, re-wicker my thought process, right? And then I, I got in the reserves and thing went, things went kind of the way they went. But um, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I just went to work every day trying not to get fired, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I just kind of bumble through life. I go to work and I do the best I can in that, in that job in that day without thinking about what's going to come next. Sure. Because uh, when I was a young military member expecting to make colonel, life kind of kicked me in the teeth and gave me a wake-up call and said, you are not guaranteed anything hmm. right so i never had any expectation of being a general um uh i you know even uh after my promotion board had met i called my my three-star boss when i was a colonel and my promotion board to general had met and i didn't know the results yet i called my my three-star boss and said hey i don't think i'm general material i'm just gonna withdraw my name from consideration and retire hmm. and he said no i don't think you are so he would not let me retire there's only 192 generals in the Air Force. And I think it's like 50 one-star. It might be 50 one-stars total or 50 reserve one-stars. Yeah. So, so that's in the active-duty military. In the reser- and there's uh, 330,000 people in the Air Force and mm-hmm. then a couple hundred uh, generals, right? In the reserves, there's 70,000 people in the reserves, and there are 50 one-star generals out of 70,000. Wow. So wow. It's, a, it's a pretty small percentage. Uh, and um, so who who has any right to expect that they're going to end up Odds one of those 50? Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right. And and I would be remiss if I if I made it in any way seem like I had anything, any direct impact on myself making general. 
right? So you, nobody gets promoted to general because of what they do. They get promoted to general, they get promoted to any rank because of the people around them who do good things for them, right? So I'm a, I'm a result of exceptional people doing exceptional things while I stood around with my hands in a pocket and, and said, oh, it looks like you're doing good work. <laughs> do more of that. Yeah, which, and to your credit, you're very humble about it because when I first met you, I knew you for a full year before I even knew your rank, and it wasn't until we had an event and you showed up in uniform because you were giving a speech. Yep. And I was like, you're a general? And you're like, yeah. I was like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> no idea. You'd been in my life group for a year. Yeah. And I'm sure yep. you know some people that make sure everybody knows they're a general. That maybe. Uh, you don't have to name uh, names. Uh, we, we'll go we, all know people, we'll go we all know people who, for who sure. are, are very about themselves. Right. Absolutely. Sure. So yeah. just what I've known you as well. Very yeah. humble, very modest about it. And I think that's so cool that you get that and realize and say that of all those people working, that you are building that team, that you're able to do that. And yeah. Who you are is because of them. Absolutely. is. I think a Jesus principle, first of all. Absolutely. I think that shows right. through you. Yeah. And that's why wow. probably you were so successful. Well, uh, I, I'm not, I'm certainly wouldn't, uh, La, put myself in that kind of company. You can be humble. I'm, that's right. I'm just trying to do the Christ best like. I can We're do. We're all trying to I'm be. I'm just for trying sure. to be the best I can be. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Are you saying that for him or for you? <laughs> I just like how you looked at me. Just laugh. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> Max, when you find out your dad is becoming a general, what do you think? You're middle schoolish, is that right? I was in elementary school. Elementary school. Okay. Grade, um, grade, and at the time, so he was no longer the bomb wing commander. Um, so when we first moved here and he was the wing commander, that was when he really was like somebody, right? We would go somewhere because you've got when you go to Barksdale, the sign outside of the main gate, um, it's got. Global Strike Command Headquarters, 8th Air Force Headquarters, 2nd Bomb Wing, and 307th Bomb Wing Headquarters. It's a pretty big deal. You yeah. know, you drive up to the office and his name was on the sign. Um, and so when he made general, I didn't really, to me, it was like, oh, cool. that's kind of cool. Because <laughs> you know? um, even in movies, you never, one star generals, you always see four stars. So to me, it was still like, like he's only 25% like yeah. of the way there. The, the yeah. Space Force show yes, with Steve uh-huh. Grell, we always tell the, the one star secretary out there, that's what I think. I still think that's all he did. Um, but I remember going to school and I had a, uh, my science teacher had some connection to the military. I think she did Miss Bucker. Um, oh, yeah. I don't remember well, what she did. I just remember her having a connection there. So um, she was uh, she was a Starbase teacher, and she knew me from from that. Okay. And yeah. Starbase is a program for kids, kind of teaching yeah. how to fly it's STEM, through. Well, yeah. it's a STEM education program for now uh, fifth grade through high school. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I remember finding out I'm, uh, we were living off base at the time, and he kind of came home and he was like, "Well, in November I'm being promoted to general," and it was kind of like, "Whoa, that's kind of cool." <laughs> yeah. And the next day I went and I I just told my teacher I was like, "Hey, this is kind of cool," because she kind of. New military that, things, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was about it. I don't remember other than that, you know, telling all my friends. And I had at that time, up until about eighth grade, almost all of my friends would always be military kids. Kids, Even when we didn't live on base, it was just kids that I related to. And so all my yeah. friends would I'd be friends with them for two years and then move away. Right. Um, but even then having military friends, I didn't, I don't remember going up to my friends and be like, well, my, hey, my dad's going to be general. Uh, it just wasn't. My dad outranks your dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to make friends yeah, in middle yes. school. Yeah. yeah. It's hard enough already. You talked about the sign. John, you told me a funny story the other day. We were filming the video about how you got humbled a little bit when you saw your name going I was, up. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that ta- speaking of humble. So 
So the the sign that that Max is talking about the it's literally a a thirty foot long concrete wall that's uh, almost five and a half feet tall. I could not see over the wow. sign. And, and it said on it at the time, it said, uh, Headquarters 307th Bomb Wing, Colonel Jonathan Ellis, Commander. And these are in, in gold letters about a foot tall, and it's just huge, right? So, so every, the, when you turn in the parking lot for the wing, that's the first thing you see, right? So every day I would turn in, and that's what I, what I would see. But when, on the day of the, my change of command, what they do is they cover up that sign. And then everybody goes to the change of command ceremony. And while you're there, the facilities uh, manager will, will change the name and put your name up there and then kind of unveil it when you come back so your name is on the sign. And my facility manager w- had retired from the military in 1969. So he was like 412 years old, <laughs> right? Grumpy old chief master sergeant could, could do anything, get anything done. So anyway, I come back from the change of command ceremony. My family's with me, and there's my name in, in, in giant gold letters <laughs> on this enormous concrete sign. And I go into the building, and the chief walks up and goes, Hey, sir, do you like the sign? Do you see your name? I'm like, Oh, chief, that looks awesome. And then he gets this grumpy look on his face. He says, It only takes 20 minutes to change it. <laughs> yes, chief, I got it. It'll be somebody else. I can be out of here in 20 minutes. Uh, well, that's <laughs> encouraging. Right? Have a great day. Congratulations. Congrats, yeah. Congrats, by the way. You got 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. That would be something, though. Uh, yep. Scott, we need to put a sign at Simple Church office. We'll put, Whose name is going on? I don't know. We'll I guess Justin's. Yeah. Justin, Commander. Yeah. <laughs> Justin E. Hagler. Commander, switch it out, yep. and then just every day switch it out. Somebody else, yeah, just <laughs> put somebody else's commander for that day. I also remember when he was the wing commander, he had a, a pretty nice big office, and he had like a secretary that sat right outside and all this. And I thought oh, that was pretty cool. Um, but when he made general, I remember his office being smaller because he was no longer a commander. He was just on staff with the eighth air force. And so his, he didn't have a commander's office. He was just on staff. And so I remember being like, well, this is not that good of a deal. What the heck? <laughs> um, it's kind of like his, Suzanne always says that, um, she likes the birds better than the star. She thinks the birds just look better. So she makes fun of him for not have for getting moving promoted. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for those who, who, who aren't, aren't tracking this so the bird the is the the rank symbol for a colonel right stars rank symbol for a general so she saw that she saw somebody we were at a fancy thing and she saw some guy a colonel who i outrank you know and and he's got the colonels on and she's like oh those are pretty how come you don't have those <laughs> you're like i uh, i did have those. I'm moving yeah. up in the yeah. world yeah yeah mine are better than his yeah guy, so Absolutely. So we're going to go into your career. I think we've been talking enough. We're going to make it a part two. So we're going to come okay, back yeah. and talk. We're going to take a break. Also, but I have next week. Hold oh, on. So let's do that. But I have one real quick. Go question. ahead. One. Real quick you go question. right ahead. So, <laughs> sorry, you've crashed twice. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I've, so I've, yeah. I've, no, it's I've, a teaser. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 I've, I've had, uh, uh, unanticipated ends to a flight event on a couple and of one was Hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen to that politically correct speech. <laughs> <laughs> unanticipated ends. <laughs> Say it again. To a, a flight event. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You're not going to crash I have a pilot friend that said, uh, that every landing you walk away from, as if you walk away from, it's a landing. No well, matter what happens. That's a true statement. 
Yeah. Any, that, there that's, are that's no crashes. They, yeah. If uh, any landing you could walk away from is a good landing, that's yeah. true. But if you walk, I mean, it's like you total your car and walk away from it. I mean, you can't drive your car no more. You've crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to come back with a part two next week. Continue the conversation with General John Ellis. Thanks for coming Mm. on. And Max, we'll be here. And when you come back next week, make sure you subscribe to this episode so you get this. And then your feed next week automatically, wherever you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks.